together. And long story short, it got made, but it's also damaged now. So it's been a pretty productive day. Thank you. You're not the carpenter in this lot. And on that note, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world. According to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Hello, all in our YouTube Hello, chat. Hello, and all. Thank Hello. you. Hello, thank all. Ben always makes it easy for me to intro the show. And I thank Hello. you all for the uh, downloads. It's been amazing. Uh, we're humbled by it. As Rems always says, don't forget to give the five-star review. And even if you listen here, it's imperative that you download our show. You download Gary Collins, the simple life now.com show. You download on the runs on the run with Remzo Martinez. Sometimes I'm on the runs. <laughs> and I want to welcome everybody to the Saturday night special of the world. According to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein, welcome from Milwaukee, Remzo W. Martinez. Remzo, what does the W stand for? And all this time I've never asked you. Some secrets I keep to myself. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. guess. I'm gonna guess Wilson, um, okay. but of course, from the SimpleLifeNow.com podcast website cohort, man that served this country for over 20 years, Gary Collins. Nice hat. Have the same one, Gary Rockin. Different color. Nice hat. Mine just has a little fish. But of course, this show wouldn't be complete without America's humble servant. Actor, writer, provocateur, saint, sinner, lover, father, grandfather, lawyer, doctor. But do you take Medicaid? Teacher. You didn't answer Remzo's question. Do you take Medicaid? Do you take Medicaid? (laughs) No. And on that note, I don't take any insurance. I don't have any patients. That makes it really simple. (laughs) That's actually quite funny. Um, And on that note, let's start the show, guys. Ben wanted to get into something that I think is very important to talk about very quickly. Um, not very quickly, but it's extremely... A year, a lifetime's worth of talking. Yes, but Ben, please don't put the air conditioner on and muffles your sound. Hot. All right, Jeff, will you open the windows? It's too damn hot in here. Okay. What, a pro- what a professional show we are, and that's why people love us. But um, it's it, it's it, it really needs to be said today, Ben, because um, nowhere in the news do you see... Um, what Hamas's leader said that he wants to strike a missile into the heart of Tel Aviv, essentially annihilating however many hundreds of thousands of people live in Tel Aviv, but that doesn't get any press coverage. Anti-Semitism doesn't get press coverage. It was up over 500% during the past month in the UK. There are synagogues being burnt across the world, but nobody seems to care. Jewish lives do not matter. Um, I would say the same thing about Christian lives across the world tend to not matter. And I would say Latino lives across the world tend to not matter. Uh, but we're talking about Jews, Ben Stein, so go for it. Well, I was stunned when I got an email from a very close friend of mine. Really, we've been friends since 1956, a very, very smart expert in immigration law, among many other subjects, named Nolan Rappaport. And Nolan sent me a video of a conference that was being held at the University of North Carolina uh, jointly with Duke on Gaza. And it was just a big anti-Semitic Jew-hating scream session held on the campus of the University of North Carolina, a publicly funded school, prestigious school. I've spoken there. It's a fine school. And the the master of ceremonies, at least the part uh, of the parts that I saw, was just screaming anti-Semitic mockery screaming horrible 
not funny at all jokes about Jews and killing Jews. And uh, I thought to myself, why am I seeing this on the internet sent to me by a friend from Montgomery Hills Junior High School, a real hellhole of anti-Semitism, when uh, a it should be gigantic front page news everywhere. But of course it isn't because Jewish lives don't matter. And now we had, we had thousands of years of raw anti-Semitism culminating in the boiling cauldron of the Holocaust. And for a while then, after that, it died out, not entirely, not at all entirely, but now it's coming back with a vengeance. Only the new anti-Semitism is called anti-Zionism, but it is still anti-Semitism. And the question I endlessly ask is, why do people hate Jews so much? My wife, who is a Gentile, who is a Presbyterian, his family has been Presbyterians since Presbyterianism was founded, says it's genetic. It's so deep, it's genetic. I, I don't know what it is. Envy, jealousy, resentment of the other. I don't know what it is. But something is going on, which is thoroughly evil. And now the new, it's now respectable to be an anti-Semite again, only you, you call yourself an anti-Zionist. But it is the same old anti-Semitism, the same old Jew-hating, the same old Jew baiting. It's back in fashion. It's totally acceptable now. It's totally acceptable, even in the entities in the media world that are Jewish owned and controlled. And it's very upsetting. Uh, the thought uh, guns are a wonderful thing comes to my mind night and day. Um, brilliantly said. Couldn't have been said better. Gary Collins, I saw you shaking your head up and down, so I will let you go first. Well, I was just listening to the master, the teacher, about this, because with the last name of Collins, as you can imagine, this is not my specialty. And plus, I get all of my international information and news from AOC, because we, we have the same doctor for PTSD, so we have that in common. Um, you know, it's weird, though, that at the same time, there's becoming an anti-Asian Chinese problem as well. Um, that's on the rise. You know, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm, I've always been puzzled why uh, so many Jews are on the left, and yet the left always proves to not like the Jews. It's of bizarre. I know. And the left, just Harry, my dear friend in your houseboat with your famous famous trademark face and hat. A Jew founded the left. Marx was a Jew. Marx was a Jew who hated Jews because he had Jewish relatives who are rich and successful and he hated them. And he created the whole capitalist manifesto and Das Kapital to demystify and make it sound scientific and the hatred of Jews. And Gary brings up a very good point, though, Ben, about with the Asians and the Jews right now. And if you notice, many of the attacks are happening by one group of people. Of course, they're right. happening by the blacks. But why? Why? The Jews have never disliked the blacks. The Jews have always been friends with the blacks. I don't understand it. When I was demonstrating as a young man, uh, which was a long time ago, for the rights of blacks, most of the people with me, at Yale, at Columbia, at Montgomery Blair, at Montgomery Blair High School, 
were Jews. If you look at the front ranks of the marchers marching from Selma to Montgomery, they're mostly, not all, but mostly Jews along the white ones. Where is this hatred of Jews coming from among the blacks? It, it's being stirred up by the leftists among the blacks. And versus the Asians, and let's not forget Asians. I mean, Asian crime. Asians are so powerful. The Asians are so incredibly powerful. It's a terrible thing that people are harming the Asians. The Asians are the best thing that's ever happened to America in the post-war period. But what? But but there's the danger to, to the anti to the Asian race is trivial from black people in America. And the danger to the Jews is very real. Very well said, Remzo. You brought up that people only bring you on to speak about <laughs> Latin <laughs> affairs, and and now we're asking we're asking you, Remzo Martinez, your thoughts on this. And I know you yeah, do have thoughts Wilson on it. Martina. You, you went to a very uh, Christian school. You went to a school that is, thank God, a, a big advocate for for Israel and the Jews. What are your thoughts on this, Remzo? I uh, I, I want to say the last like six months of my life have been extremely better ever since I cut out Fox, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC. I get a lot of my news from just a handful of outlets on the left, right, and middle when you can find the, the one golden goose out there. But primarily, I mean, when, when I hear instances like this, like I thought it was so funny because the whole Asian Lives Matter moment only lasted for like two seconds and then everyone quickly shifted directions. Um, around this time of year, I remember three years ago when I was still living in D.C., I went to um, a memorial for the um, for the Rwandan massacre. It was put on by the Rwandan embassy amongst its uh, Western partners. And I went ahead and met with one of the speakers, I actually wrote an article on this for the Advocates for Self-Government. And what happened to her was she was about um, six or seven at the time. And as her family were being massacred, um, she played dead for a little bit and she was thrown into a pile of bodies and they kept continuing to throw bodies onto this pile as they were just completely crushing this young girl um, for hours and hours. And then she said that she stayed there for another two days, starving and soiling herself until the soldiers went away. And years later, she eventually wrote a book, which I, for the life of me, I can't remember off the top of my head, but she noted something very specific in her speech. It was some people are just evil. And we like to go ahead and blame one reason or another. We like to go ahead and make an excuse for this thing. But the thing is, I recognize the people that were throwing bodies onto the pile. I recognize the people that were hacking off limbs and shooting women and children. They never needed an excuse. They just did it because they could. And it was a good opportunity for them. Sometimes evil is just evil. And, um, you know, right now we're, we're just in another phase of that. I don't think it's necessarily that, you know, uh, anti-Semitism is you know, something genetic, I think that some people are just hateful and they're always looking for an outlet, whether they're attacking blacks or whites or Asians or whoever. I think right now what we have is this giant screen going ahead and focusing on all the evils of the world. And what they're basically doing is they're basically saying, hey, you can go ahead and get your five minutes by pulling out all these atrocities that you can. So I, I don't think this is the end. It's not the end. The good book says it's not the end. And uh, sadly, I think we're just going to keep seeing it. But, you know, we could ask ourselves, why is this happening all the time? But the reason why is that if there's one thing's genetic, it's sin. It's the flaw that we have evil within us. And some people are just going to be evil just because they want to. And, and envy, 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 the root of everything. 
according to your good book, which you're so kind as to quote, and we certainly appreciate it, is envy. Envy is what eats up everything good in this world. And envy is what's going on now in the Middle East. It's going on in America. It's going on in China. It's going on all over. And it's an evil, horrible thing. And as you say, Remzo, it is basic. I don't think it's going to be eradicated. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ tried very hard to eradicate it. Uh, his was the best solution there ever was. Love thy neighbor as thyself. He tried it and saw what happened to him. And uh, it didn't uh, now. So I think at this point, uh, those who can, uh, make sure you're armed. Make sure you're armed. And I think I, you're completely right. And as I brought up the other day, for the Jews, the NRA is much more important than the JDL, um, which is the Jewish defense. I mean, not the, uh, the ADL, no, the anti-defense. All right, we need the JDL. Um, but Ben, I, I know you disagree with me on this, on this a little bit, but I do think it comes from the top down. And I think this administration's coming, you know, lack of, 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 obviously they have the Hamas squad, as they're now being called, in the House. You have the lack of, 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 of uh, shaming. And I mean, we, we have one, con remember there was that congressman from somewhere who's, who's extremely, I don't even want to say to the right, but he was pretty, they, they took away all his seats. They've taken Marjorie Green's seats. But Elon Omar and all these people are still allowed to scream out there whatever they want. And it comes from the top down and nothing is being done. And that includes from the Jews like Schumer because they're scared to death. Schumer, Schumer is, uh, there's a Yiddish word. I don't know if it's Yiddish or Hebrew. Shonda. Shame. Schumer is a Shonda for the Jews. He is a shame and a disgrace for all of us Jews, he's just a disgrace to America, period. But I, I, and I, again, I, I, Gary Collins, there is a lack of messaging in any, um, you know, every time Trump was associated with something, he had to denounce every single thing that he never announced in the first place. And this lack of, uh, of um, there, there, there is no... Uh, Accountability. No accountability. There's no accountability on the left. There's no accountability in this White House for what's going on around the world and in America. Because the media are the ones who I think my friends, Mr. Martinez and Mr. Collins, would, and of course, Judah, would agree. The media are the ones who would name, usually be holding people to account. But they don't hold. Democrats, leftists are not held to account. No, well, I had to say, and I just said, we have too many people who love to hate and hate to love. Yes, today. yes, yes, it's yes. A huge problem. And, and, and also ignoring, and I like that analogy of from the top down. It's funny, instead of calling them the squad, I've always called them the mob. And I don't know why. I, and it was, I didn't do it on per, it just, I would always call them the mob. It just kind of came to me. The mob I think squad, also, the mob I squad. Think called the jihad. I'd call them the mob. I think <laughs> But how quickly, quickly we forget that, you know, our president has had had a lifelong relationship with this guy called Robert Byrd. Yeah. Um, well, how, how quickly Mr. Mr. Biden forgets that for most of his career, he was a great friend of the Jews. When he when he needed the help of the Jews, they were there to help him. Now, he that donations, he's boss, get elected. 
get fucked, Jews. That's his name. <laughs> and on that note, if you just tuned in, you are listening to Ben Stein Unleashed. Uh, Remzo, you can give me a break and tell people where they can find us. <laughs> that should be the cold opening if we were to introduce to something, get fucked. That was so um, uh, please go ahead and subscribe to the show. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast Stitcher, wherever you can find us across Al Gore's amazing internet. And please hit the subscribe bell so you always get a notification when you go live here on YouTube. If you're not watching this on YouTube, go ahead and do the same on Rumble because why not do one or the other? Why not do both? Why not be extra awesome that way? And if you need more Ben Stein in your life, please subscribe to Ben's newsletter, benstein.substack.com. That's benstein.substack.com. And of course, well, thank you, Remzo. And I miss you doing that. And welcome back, everybody, to the world according to Ben Stein. And somebody said the squat, but that just doesn't sum it up. They're pure. The jihad squad. The, the, I like that. Jihad squad. That's Ben. We got to tag that sure, line. Sure, that's what we're sure. naming the show tonight. Sure, that's what they're being called. You I know what? I'm crediting it. I'm crediting to Ben Stein, but I want to bring something up else. I want to bring up, so, I, and I had written a piece about this a while back, but pre-Trump, as, as, as the world was falling apart, you could say, as, as the Middle East was on fire, you had ISIS growing, um, America wasn't looking great. You, you didn't see any of this, obviously, on the news. You saw GMOs, you saw Scientology, it was, it was the Kardashians, Nothing about North Korea was really mentioned. Maybe a few pieces in the Wall Street Journal, Ben, I'll give them credit. But none of this was mentioned. All of a sudden, Trump comes in, puts the fires out that are going across the world, builds this mammoth juggernaut economy, an economy so great that, it, that, it, that it's, it's been able to stand COVID. Um, but obviously, only Trump's fire gets. gets um, and now we get Biden in. And nothing of the world. Nobody's talking about the, 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 the again, the Middle East is on fire. Nobody's talking about the, the, the civil war that might be brewing in France, um, where, where soldiers are supposedly, there's an anonymous letter from soldiers saying they are, were going to make attempt a coup in France. And, and in France? And, yeah, in France. Yeah, they're and, not known for doing much. Yeah. Again, if you, you, you could Google this so you don't think I'm crazy, but Google civil war. France, and you have to actually Google it for it to come up. And Ben, what do you say about that? I mean, it's, it's amazing that I, I, I understand that the media will never, there's never going to be that thing. But at a certain point, you gotta, I mean, we could see. Well, we can see, we can see, but the media is the ones who do the, the media are the glasses. I mean, if the media devoted one hundredth of the energy to examining, scrutinizing, criticizing, mocking, belittling Biden, Harris, and Schumer, the worst dirt on the earth, and uh, uh, Mrs. Pelosi, a charmer herself, uh, to, that they did it to Trump, uh, those people would be wiped off the face of the earth, but they don't. The media are the, I've said this before, I'll say it again, the media are the iron guard for the Democrats and for the left. And by the way, let's back up some, a couple of things. First of all, my dear friend, Ramzo, whose face is a very, very welcome sight, I will say endlessly every time I see him. The French actually 
were very badly led in World War II. They fought unbelievably bravely in World War I. They fought unbelievably bravely to cover the English withdrawal and uh, uh, departure from Dunkirk. Uh, the French are an incredibly capable, brave people. But, but uh, the, the fact is this country, our country that we're all sitting in right now is the best thing that's ever happened to mankind, ever. It's the most wonderful thing in the world. What, what's, what's really happened in the last few months since Mr. Biden and Ms. Harris have taken over is that we have converted America from a nation of America lovers to America haters. And I think Judah says it's not said this either on the last show or the show before, and it was a brilliant point. America now has more enemies at home than overseas, but this is the greatest country in the world. It is an unbelievably great country. The people in this country are the best people there ever were on this earth. Somehow, the media is, is trying to brainwash us all into thinking that we're a racist, horrible, Ku Klux Klan dictatorship. That is such a lie. We have somehow got to get back to appreciating the greatness of this country. This country is just unimaginably great. We've got to get to understand that. You know, Gary, uh, you having served this country for 20 years, and somebody brought this up and I was going to bring it up, they are scrubbing. Listen, and I brought this up before. I understand you want to get back into the Paris Peace Accords. God bless you, you crazy sons of bitches. But they are literally scrubbing the Abraham Accords from, from all the State Department. It, it, so Trump's Middle East peace is being scrubbed. And Gary, you as being somebody that it, it, it's, it's almost like they're, I mean, Iran can't vote today in the UN, not because of their tyrannical stuff, because they couldn't pay the $16 million that it cost to, to, to be part of the UN, Gary. Well, they must have spent all that money that Obama gave them on money on uh, prostitutes and blow because uh, they have <laughs> they got plenty of money from us to pay that tab. It's they amazing. Uh, Favor all those missiles that they send to Hamas. I mean, they're sending hundreds of millions of dollars worth of rockets to Hamas. So somewhere they've got some money. But Gary, but yeah, you as being uh, you as on foreign policy, it's like it, 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 you hate a person so much that you're willing to put a region on fire again and let the state sponsor of terrorism, who is so close to nuclear capabilities, just uh, why not? Well, and that's the part. It, it, it's the the evil in the world. It's hard for a rational human being to kind of put together in their head. When we were over in uh, Yemen. <laughs> we would uh, do our motorcades through the streets and the small kids would, I mean, we're talking three, four year olds would stand out in their trash that's in their front yard. Literally, they would throw their trash out their window in the morning. There was a time when you would drive by and literally it would look like it was raining trash out of houses and it would, they just throw it out their front front window and we'd go by and the kids would be holding sticks, pretending to shoot our motorcade. And these are tiny kids. And I, it's, it's bred in from the word go that hate, you must hate this yeah. other group. And yeah. until we can get out of that and figure it out, it's like white supremacist, right? The white supremacist army is rallying around and getting ready to take over the U.S. according to, to a full diaper Biden. I don't know what he's even talking about. <laughs> I don't even know where he's going. Full diaper Biden. Where'd you get that? That's wonderful. That I'm naming the show. I made it up on the spot. 
old diaper Biden. I am writing that down. It's it beats the, the jihadis squad. Old diaper Biden. <laughs> Biden's raging jihad in his diaper. That's what's going on. But, oh, but, but Remzo, have you ever, I mean, you're also a wonk and I, I know you read and I know you, um, the lack of coverage of foreign politics in, in, in any of the mainstream outlets is sort of horrifying. And I brought this up with Ben before the show. I think a big reason they're not covering what's going, because Macron was always being covered during Trump. So was Trudeau. The world was being covered. Now all of a sudden the world's not. And I really believe, I'm not asking for this at all, or YouTube, I'm not encouraging this at all, but I think they're scared to show what's going on in France because- um, I didn't know about it. That's exactly right, Gary. And the thought of a civil- What did Gary say? He didn't hear about it either. And Remzo, the thought of, of carrying the civil war would make January 6th look like nothing, like a party, and that it might carry over here. So one of the most evil men in the Obama administration is often someone who most even very stalwart Democrats don't even know, and it's Ben Rhodes. Uh, ben Rhodes yeah. basically wrote the Iran policy, and what Ben yeah. Rhodes went on CNN and did was he basically took credit for destroying the foreign yeah. office of every major American outlet. And what he basically did was he said, if you want to go ahead and know what's going on overseas, go ahead and pull your reporters back and everything and just get everything from me and the State Department. So the National Security Office and the State Department will be your foreign office. And he went ahead and joked about it because what he basically said, and this is online, he created a giant echo chamber to spin the narrative that the Iran deal was all these things that it turned out not to be. And he knew it was a lie. He said it was a lie. And he laughed. And no one has ever held him to account for that. And what people tend to forget is that in 2014, um, when Barack Obama, right, right around the, the, like the height of the Arab Spring, he was about to actually put forces on the ground in a very concentrated effort in Syria to go ahead and fight ISIL, ISIS, whatever we were calling them, Cobra at the time. And Americans, yeah, and, and Americans were basically like, no, we don't want to go ahead and get involved in this. And then Obama was like, well, if my foreign partners want us to, maybe we should. And as we saw, especially in England, the British were like, no, we're not getting involved in this and we don't want Obama to get involved in this. So when the world was focused on this, that was one of Obama's biggest losses. It was not getting us involved in World War III immediately. And the Democrats don't see that as a loss, but policy-wise, that went ahead and brought them back um, several years in terms of concentrated effort in terms of foreign policy development over the Middle East. Because, you know, you want to look at a big victory, it was basically destroying almost all the secular governments in North Africa and the Middle East. So good job, Obama, with that. And I think Biden, people tend to think that he's stupid, but he's not. And he surrounded himself with very ideological people who are smart and they're calculating and they're cunning and they're not the type of people you want to deal with. So I think in a way they're doing this intentionally. And, oh, you no, know, 100%. This will, and I mean, this will probably get us taken off YouTube for this one, but I mean, it's worth covering. And I mean, there are three great presidents who all basically got shunted aside because they dared spoke about it. It was Eisenhower, who we basically never heard from after he left from office. There was JFK, who was assassinated. Then there was Trump, who had everyone going up against him. It's because they uttered several words, the military industrial complex. You know who loves forever war in the Middle East? Raytheon. Northrop Grumman, General Dynamics, Halliburton, 
all these other companies, their stock goes up as soon as this happens, the lobbying hits all new highs, and it's bipartisan. The Republicans and Democrats love nothing more than Middle East conflict. And they don't care how much of your money, they don't care how many American soldiers, they don't care how many innocent civilians overseas have to die, because it's not in their front or backyard. They don't care. And what say you? I love all those companies. I think they make incredibly great weapons. And I want to see our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, equipped with the very best weapons there could possibly be. And I will tell you, as a person who has worked in, in the State Department and in the White House, uh, I, with the greatest possible respect to you, Ramsey, whom I love like a brother, well, like a much, 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 much younger child, I, uh, I don't think these companies have any, anywhere near the influence that you think they do. And uh, but uh, your your views are always uh, well expressed, and I and I will certainly take them to heart. Ben, it is it is curious though. It, it it's a common. It's a, it, you have to ask the you have to ask questions that we as conservatives never dared to ask. And what Remzo is bringing up is it sure looks like this administration and the world is okay with war again. But I, I think we, I don't, I don't know what you mean by that. I and mean, what, what wars has Mr. Biden gotten us into? I, don't get me wrong. I, I think I can put my record as a person who criticizes Mr. Biden up against anyone's, but uh, I don't see him starting any wars. I, Obama, yeah. yes, for sure. But Obama was a stone fool. I mean, that was well known. Uh, I don't think he, he started any wars. Trump was great about getting us out of wars. Absolutely great. Uh, I don't see Biden getting us into wars, but I and I hope that I continue to be right about that. But uh, and lack of action causes other countries to be in chaos and war. Though, if you look at what's going on in Israel, I know you might disagree with me. This is a direct result of the Biden administration. If you look at what they're trying to get back with Iran into the Iran nuclear deal, that that's could lead. That's hard. I, that that I agree is hard. But I'm afraid. I'm, I'm very much afraid that when Iran gets, God forbid, gets the nuclear bomb, it's going to be way beyond war. It's going, it's going to be nuclear war. So that's the point I think Remso is trying to make, is that these decisions across the world are leading us down that path and that rabbit hole again, with all of them siding with Iran right now. Well, with all due respect to Remso, whom I really do respect and enjoy and, and learn a lot from, uh, if we had, if if Iran gets the nuclear bomb, the next thing you're going to see is a gigantic series of flashes of nuclear bombs from Israel going off all over Iran. And uh, what comes after that, I'm not sure, but it's not going to be any kind of war like any war we've seen before. And the problem is nobody's stopping them because we have no foreign policy. Well, because we have, we have, we have an administration that has no foreign policy, and the people who are running the White House have no testicles. Okay, so I want to I want to get to this after the break. You brilliantly said, and so I want to get to Gary Remzo. Tell, tell people where they can find this. If you have testicles, you should definitely subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you can find podcasts across the amazing internet. And while you're at it, share the show with a friend, an enemy. Who knows? If they speak and breathe, you should share the show with them. The world according to Ben Stein, YouTube, Rumble, you can find it anywhere. Just go ahead and do it. And if Wait, you don't do have to both speak and breathe. Speak and breathe at the same time. Oh, okay. You see, now I'm questioning, can I do it? 
Yeah, yeah, I can't. Oh, wait, no, I didn't breathe that time. Okay, yeah, it works. Okay. Okay, all right, then we'll do it. So maybe that's what I'll call the show tonight. If you don't listen, you have no testicles. On that note, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to the future band episode of the world according to Ben Stein. And uh, I want to get to that point, though. Um, we are uh, nine months into whatever you want to call this, this um, regime, um, Ben are Stein. Are we going that far? Uh, well, from November, I mean, to January, February, no, March. No, no, April, no, no, we're we're six that. months in. We're six months in. But we're six months into there. Have you have one foreign? Forget about Kamala Harris not going to the border. Have we spoken to people from other borders? I mean, it almost no. it. No, well, a, Mr. Biden cannot. That's an awful lot of exercise for me. In, in the I, I think we're expecting too much. But you, you're certainly not. What do you want him to do a decathlon next? I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> Gary, have you ever seen it this far into an administration? It seems like there's no co. There's, I mean, there's absolutely no cohesion. We don't know what's going on with the rest of the world. I mean, whatever you want to say about the Trump administration, at least we knew he was meeting with world leaders. He was trying to get deals done. Things were actually getting done. We didn't re re-engage in any wars. And there was a certain calm, as much as they like to say that there was a storm, Gary. I, I'm a simpleton. I always judge our international policy by the actions of Putin. Putin is a stone cold killer. I watch his moves. When I know our policies off the rails is when Putin starts ramping it up. I know right away he smells weakness a mile away and he is ready. I mean, did you hear about now he's getting uh, ready to with the pipeline there? He's talking about 400,000 new jobs for Russians and 15 new towns are going to be built right after we get rid of our pipeline russia all of a sudden goes off the rails and and now he, he just wait i think we're gonna see putin really start doing some damage down the road russia he, the he other yeah ready. yeah now, russia the other ready. day also went ahead and divested from all u.s dollar assets from the federal government so everything oh. that the russian government was holding that had that was tied to the dollar they just went nah we're, we're going to put this away now. So what do they buy instead? I don't know. Bitcoin. Um, I'm, I'm, Dogecoin. I'm kidding. But Ben, this is sort of a frightening uh, thing that we are, we, 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 we are living through right now. And nobody wants to, I mean, we're, we're talking about the most trivial things in the world. In America, we're talking about it was social media. Trump got banned from Facebook for two years. They, and they said, we might extend it for we might extend it further. I mean, that is an abs and 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 I think he, he I think he more than hinted that he is running again because his comment back was I Mark Zuckerberg will not be invited back to the White House. And I I, I really think they're poking the wrong bear here, Ben. Well, I, I'd like to now go down my screen to my friend Ramzo and point out that some time ago, I believe it was you, Ramzo, pointed out a case, a Supreme Court case. Uh, which said that uh, a private company could be held uh, to uh, to account under the First Amendment for refusing to allow free speech. Uh, we had kind of wheeling, wheeling steel. Was, it, was that not you talking about that? I believe it was. It wasn't. Then I'm uh, some very smart person. Did. I, I know. I know what you're talking about. But I, I do remember I, talking about that. Yeah. I, th I think what what's, what we what we've really seen here is working with Mr. Biden and Ms. Harris is the media conglomerate power structure 
that is going to keep America from having free speech for the foreseeable future. And that, that to me is a very, very frightening situation. And although I would love to see Mr. Trump run again, and I would love to see any Republican become president, I happen to love Mr. Cotton a lot. Uh, I, I don't uh, see how anybody can make any meaningful progress against this stone wall of the media, uh, media government intelli intelligentsia uh, co coalition that just will not allow free speech. Ben, I will go to Gary, but Gary, to his point, which he raises a good one, but Ben, I'll go to you back to something you brought up, but I'll let Gary go on it. We have won presidencies with as bad of coverage as humanly possible. We we, the media has never been our friend and we've won. So Gary, their worst fear is the lockdowns ending, is the masks ending, is these voter rights laws, these voter ID, I hate even calling them the, the voter normal. It, it, to, to, get a, to get anywhere, you need an ID. To go into a pharmacy, Gary, and buy, what is that drug? Sudafed, a certain type of Sudafed, you need to show your driver's license so they don't think you're like building a I didn't even farm. know you could make meth with Sudafed until the clerk told me. I didn't know that either, by the way. And I didn't know you, oh. any, and, and there was a while where Target was carting you and you brought up like the spray cans to clean your computer. Um, thank you, Target, for telling me you could get high on the Target cans or, or the whippets. Um, but Gary, so I go to you on that one. Um, there is a chance, and I do believe there's a chance, and we'll see the midterms coming up. But once people are able to go out and vote, states have laws. Yeah, I, I, I think this is their biggest fear. Well, their biggest fear is us realizing freedom again, right? There's still, it, it was pretty interesting for me to see uh, in a city of like Spokane, you know, I'm in Washington, but I'm in Northeast Washington, right on the Idaho border. So things are I know very that different. so well. Oh, I, I know. And you know, things are very different here compared to the very, rest of very, Washington. Very different. Very different. But in Spokane, it, in two weeks, literally it went from people driving around with their mask on to no one wearing a mask almost. And, and it, it was very quick. It's And I was shocked to see it happen that quickly. And they still had the mask signs up in the stores. I went into every store last week without a mask and no one said a word. Most of the people were not wearing masks in the store. The clerks still were. But it's interesting to see the taste of freedom. And I think as people regain their freedom again, that's their problem. Because now they're like, oh, shit, you know. People are thinking for themselves again. We're in trouble. I think uh, we, we've always heard, you know, the last couple elections, these are the most important elections in our history. I think the next one is the most important because I think that's going to tell the, the which direction this country is going to go. I think that's a brilliant one. point because you had both. Ben, I know you wanted to jump in, but I'll let you jump in with this too. He's basically saying, and Rems, I'll let you answer this one too, is Gary's basically saying, we had this greatness with Trump. We have canceled culture. We have canceled killing on the left. People will have both in their mind, do you feel safe or don't you feel safe? Right, right in front of them, Ben. And people will, people will decide in, in person. Well, I, I hope they will. I hope they will not be being told night and day that things are the best they could possibly be, considering the incredible danger of white supremacist, Ku Klux Klan, night riding uh, maniac, uh, fascist killers. Uh, I hope that, that, that people will not buy that nonsense. I was on a plane yesterday with Big Wifey uh, flying back from Washington, D.C., 
to uh, do, do glorious LAX center of the universe. And uh, uh, the captain came on at the beginning of the flight and said, now, you know, you all have to wear your masks even during a flight. However, and you may take them off for a few seconds to sip on a drink. That's it. Then they have to go right back on. You can take it off for a few seconds. Don't make it more than a few seconds. And I said to wifey, big wifey, this is right out of 1984. It's even worse than 1984. A few seconds, that's the most freedom they're allowing us. And if we don't understand that we have a state now where some jackass in the forward cabin can tell us that we can only take our masks off for a few seconds. We are, and if we don't vote to change that in a big way, we are in really trouble, big trouble. We have asked for the end of our freedom. So Remzo, I know the brilliant thing said has always been Stein. It's funny, the other night I called him after the show and I said, my God, your mind is like a, could be whatever I said, Remzo. And he's like, I know, I know. And I was saying how beautiful a mind he had and he was agreeing with me. But Remzo, I know you don't believe in government. I, that actually is not true. I said I'm a complete failure in almost every respect. But if, if that's what you choose. No, me, you said your mind was like a treasure trove. And it was. Okay. That's what I heard, Ben. Okay, but okay. Um, that's because that's the way I want to see you. But Remzo, um, and we've lost Gary for a second. But Remzo, um, I know you. That is Gary, is it not? That was Harry. That is not Gary. No, Gary's on. Gary's back. No. And Remzo, but I, I yell, not, had to yell at my had to yell at my dog real quick. So that's okay, Remzo. I know you're not the biggest proponent of what Gary's saying because you don't necessarily believe in our system of government sometimes. But I do tend to believe Gary is correct that the next elections are the most important elections because right in front of us you have good versus evil or whatever freedom versus not being free. Ramps up. I, I don't think the question is really whether or not I agree with Gary on that specifically. I think what we're trying to remember is why things go good when they do. And that's why I try and, you know, I, I think there's a lot of authority worship with the right. And I'm not pointing out your thin blue line flag, Judah. I love it. But at the same time, it's like there seems to be a big appeal to authority for things. The last four years under Trump weren't great because of Trump. It was great because of the thousands of inventors that went ahead and put a historic number of, of patents in to create new technologies and devices to help you know, grow our economy. It went for all the workers that were picking up second, third jobs. It went for the people starting businesses. It went for the people taking chances. It went for the people that actually created the economy that thanks to Trump, they were able to do these things. And I think oftentimes we go ahead and, you know, I think to be a conservative in America right now is to put your kid through 12 years of public school and then wonder why they end up being a communist. It's why when I was at the Washington Times, somebody told me they weren't willing to pay a dollar a month for real news because they could get it elsewhere for free. It was Yahoo Finance, ironically, which is owned by the same people that own all the other places. Conservatives often go ahead and just shift things one way or another. And, you know, we, we attack the left for being stupid, for being all these things, but they're organized. They're committed. They actually go out and create the world they want to see. And they're, they're, they're energetic, hardworking. It's amazing. It's astonishing. 
I, I yeah. endlessly marvel at how energetic and hardworking. The last it's the hive mind. They're like ants. But but with that said, I mean, I think we need to remember that for all this change to occur, it's never just going to be one person. America is not going to be great because of Trump and America's uh, going to be great with or without Trump. I think we need to remember that. And that often gets lost in the sauce. We completely we we're constantly talking about the midterms coming up and finding good and viable candidates that could lead the future of the country. We've brought up certain names like people like Josh Hawley. We've brought up Tom Cotton's. We've brought up that there is a really good young base in the conservative movement in the, whatever movement. I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and propose this to you though. I think focusing on the midterms is just giving a lot of money to a lot of, to, to a lot of consultants. It's going to a lot of, I said that I brought up. Let, in the let, past let, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but let me just get this out there. And I, th- I don't think anyone ever thinks about this. What if we had a state that was overwhelmingly Republican, like overwhelmingly Republican, and I'm going to throw this out to my libertarian friends out there because everyone thinks, oh, it's Rand Paul versus the NSA or something. What if Republicans had a supermajority in Utah? We got a bunch of America first. There's a bunch of libertarians there. And then we cut off water to the NSA. That's a stupid thing when you really think about it. But at the same time, it's like we could do that. What if when Biden, if he wants to go out and confiscate weapons, we actually had a whole bunch of sheriffs arresting the feds? I think we tend to just focus on the same thing over and over again. As radical as these things are, it's more likely you're able to do things cheaper and more efficiently within the boundaries of the law and the Constitution statewide than if we keep focusing on this every two-year bit cycle in the worst part of America. You know, I, 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 I agree with you and I disagree with you at the same time. And I'm not, saying, I'm not saying we cut off water to the yeah, NSA, but no, I'm, saying I'm saying if they really wanted to... Ben, what he's bringing up is is, is in a what sense is, true, but in a sense, Ben, it's a little, it's it's somewhat Pollyannish. We have to win seats in the House, okay? That's a, I want to know first of all what you mean the National Security Agency. Yeah, aren't they in outside Baltimore? Yeah, but all I their server facilities are yeah, all their server Baltimore. facilities that actually do everything are in Utah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's cut off the water in Utah. <laughs> I, let's cut off the water to Mitt Romney's uh, to, to his dog castle. Remzo, please tell people where they can find this. Just Google the world according to Ben Stein. You'll find it. You'll find the show here and on Rumble if you want to watch us live every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And you can go ahead and catch the audio version wherever podcasts are available. And if you need more Ben Stein in your life, please find him at The Spectator as well as his newsletter, benstein.substack.com. It's benstein.substack.com. I want to welcome everybody back to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Steiner. I was just thinking about it as Ben was bringing up masks and we're all bringing up masks. I was thinking, you know what the one thing that wasn't on the rise during COVID? Everything was on the rise. Bullying, anti-Semitism, all these different things were on the rise. How come bank robberies weren't on the rise? <laughs> you would think. Well, the banks were closed. No, they're, 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 they weren't. They're not closed around here. They're not closed around here, and I'm not suggesting anybody go into a bank job, Ben, but if any time in history you think bank jobs would be on the rise, it would be when everybody was wearing a mask. That's a very good point. It's a very, very good point. I, I don't know what to say. Well, Peter, well, I, I, but I will give you a respectful answer, which is same reason there's a labor shortage everywhere. Everyone's being paid by the federal government with our ch- grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren's money, and with funny money, there's nothing behind it. 
uh, why bother robbing a bank? The government is robbing the bank for you and giving you the money. Yeah. I want to go back a quick second. I'm sorry to hijack this, Judah, but I just want to make one more point. Ron DeSantis has done more for American freedom from the state we all make fun of, Florida, than anyone else in the United States. We love Florida. Dude, it's yeah. the internet. Everyone makes fun of Florida. Have you I, ever I seen don't Florida make fun Man? Of Florida. Have, have, you, have you? Other than it's you. No, know, you've heard Florida jokes. You've heard Florida Renzo. jokes. I haven't heard Florida jokes. I don't. I don't know how to explain that. But anyway, Ron, Ron DeSantis has done more for American freedom. Cabal that they're making Florida jokes that aren't funny. I have, sir. I have not heard a single Florida. Joke. I'm gonna go ahead and have to send you all the Florida jokes I can find. But but really, here's what's gonna happen right what now. What are you gonna Google? Biden. Florida Biden. Bro, I don't know how to. I don't know how to fix you. I, I don't know how. I don't. But 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 what I was saying, Biden's just going to run everything the way he's been running everything, whether the Republicans take the House or the Senate, one or the other, whatever combo they get, because he's running everything through executive fiat. You go ahead and you just have a whole bunch of states dissent like crazy, and you go ahead and make all of it irrelevant. By the way, somebody brought up a great point. It's and other than the yes, I know Florida is considered God's waiting room. Yes, it's a, a joke. From, <laughs> it's a joke from sixty from you know Seinfeld and before. But Ben, somebody brought up a great point. Other than the federal stuff, they were robbing, they were looting stores all across America. They actually were, and and it was okay because insurance well, companies. Okay. It's okay because they were African Americans and the left defended them. It was legalized bank bank no. robberies, Gary. That was going on because you you have one set of rules that apply if you're white and conservative, and one and apply if you're black and leftist, and that we all know that's true. And believe me, there's no greater fan of the hardworking, uh, disciplined black man and family than I am. But we all know what happened last summer. We all know what's been happening in the urban centers during the riots. And, and so do the polls, by the way. Gone, you know, and, everyone and, knows it. But Gary, I want to go to you uh, on whatever, but I forgot what the uh, question I was about to ask you was, Gary. So well, let's ask something. Let's, let's ask you. Let's ask well, Gary. With Remzo. I, think, I think a big point that Remzo was making is that as Americans, we seem to forget there are 50 United States. There are 50 independent states with their own constitutions that are, are basically autonomous in their own way. And I always tell people, I, I always hear people bitch about where they live and I go, move, jackass. There's 50 other states for you to go. And they're all, I can't do that. I can't do that. I just like to bitch. And it's, that's what I mean. I think you're seeing it now as some of the states are starting to draw their line in the sand. And I've always said this, the states need to stop taking federal money. When they, oh, they disagree with something, tell them to go pound sand, take their money, shove it up their ass. We're not listening to you. And they won't do it because everyone is addicted to the corruption that makes all the millionaires and billionaires in this country through government. Ben, he brings up a great point where you see where we have the DeSantis's, we have the Abbots who are running their states as little countries. And, and they are doing, um, and, and it goes to what both of them are saying, which we're, we're, we have the outline, and I'm not saying secession right now, but we have the outline. <laughs> I should hope you're not saying secession. But we have certain states. I'm totally are, down for the Republic of Florida. <laughs> okay, well, sir. Uh, newly, somebody uh, joked, newly wed and nearly dead. Uh, ben, they re they do raise good points. We have certain states 
that are really being responsible right now. I know, sir, with the greatest possible respect, we tried secession a hell of a lot. No, no, no. Judah, your Judah, your mic is muted. Sorry, I wasn't saying secession, Ben, but to their we saw was I know, Ben, I wasn't saying secession, but what I was saying is they do raise good points where states can take control of their own states. And we are seeing, we've seen it during the during COVID, we've seen it and we're seeing it now. We're seeing, I even bring up Atlanta with their voting stuff where, where, where states are taking Georgia with this idiot governor is against a critical race theory and he's suing the schools not to have it in. So we're seeing states take accountability for themselves. I can completely, I completely love every bit of that. I think it's absolutely great. And I sincerely hope that every possible state that does it, does it. There's a story in either yesterday or today's Wall Street Journal about the unbelievable anti-constitutional mess that the state of Illinois has made, uh, basically suppressing uh, the constitution in the state of Illinois. I would love to see more states rise up against that kind of thing and make sure it can never happen in their state. Uh, I'd like to suggest my part-time residence, Idaho, as a, one of the places to start that. I'm sorry to say <clears throat> the governor of Idaho, I'm sure is a fine human being, has endorsed critical race theory. That's unimaginable in the state of Idaho. Uh, the, the lieutenant governor, a very capable young woman, uh, is fighting him to the nail. I think Idaho would be just as good a place as Florida to start a, a new American revolution without any violence to stand up for the Constitution. Can I be honest? That is a, a classroom I would pay to be in attendance at, is in Idaho, them teaching critical race theory in well, classes. Yeah, yeah. I would love to sit and I would love to, to audit those classes. Um, and if you just tuned in, you are listening to the World of Chronicles. I'm in the last seven minutes of the show. I want to have a little bit of fun because life is meant to be enjoyable. Um, ben Stein, what is the oddest job? I know you've been a shoe salesman. What's the oh, oddest job? I like that job a lot. But you did it for a week. I, um, no, I didn't. You didn't ask me what was the job I did the longest. I what was the oddest job you've ever had? Well, I think it was being a, a speechwriter for a U.S. senator. It was a very handsome, good-looking, rich young guy from a mid-Atlantic state. And uh, he was having a torrid affair with a college intern who was there for the summer. And uh, I would uh, hear all kinds of interesting noises coming from his office. And all of us had to pretend that none of us, none of it was happening. And... Uh, uh, it was all sort of like we were on the set of a, a porn movie, but we had to pretend we were on the set of uh, Little House on the Prairie. I, 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 that's one of the oddest jobs I've ever had. That was a fun job, by the way. I kind of liked that job. But it, it wasn't really like you were on the set, because if you were on the set, then you'd actually be watching. That would have been a that's whole other. Passing by the door and hearing occasional noises. God bless you. I'm sure you will never reveal the name. Uh, Remzo, no. since, uh, the reason I even thought about this question is, Remzo, you've had many jobs. What is the oddest job you've had, Remzo? I was a uh, door-to-door makeup salesman. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, we, we sold the, the most like lead-tainted products you can imagine. And one of the weirdest experiences I ever had was I was right outside of Baltimore. I think it was in an area called Glen Burnie, uh, oh, Maryland. Yeah. And I, I was walking 
Yeah. So I was walking through this parking lot and I see these two old guys like in their seventies, like arguing with each other. Okay. I'm sorry. They were, they were very, they were very respectable. Well, even they were road hard, Remza, road hard. So they were, they were about to like fight each other. Like one of them was holding a broken glass bottle and I didn't make my sales quota for the day. So I couldn't get my, my minimum commission. So I went over to them and I said, Hey guys, you want to get anything for your wives? And they looked at me and they're like, you think this face brings home a woman? You think this face keeps a woman? And next thing you know, they go ahead and they grab my makeup and they're looking, they're like, I can go ahead and get this at Walgreens and CVS. What are you trying to sell me? and they looked at me again as they put my bags up against me and they're like man you gotta go ahead and get some better advice yeah i'll give it to you for free give up and sell drugs <laughs> and i quit that job a week later <laughs> and you know I it's also hysterical. i also what did you start selling drugs? sorry ben did you start selling drugs <laughs> no actually i i quit that job a week later uh, but a few days before that, I was selling uh, business to business in Washington, D.C., and that's when I sold at my first strip club, and I met the stripper who Hunter Biden bit. Who was that? Ooh. Who was that? I think her name was like Candy or something. Yes, that was. That was you kidding? You met a stripper. Is that what they're all called? Candy? I met, I met, I mean, there were like three candies in there. They're not going to give me their real name. There are two strip clubs in D.C. Archibald's. It was Archibald Strip Club on K Street. And that's where all the politicians go. That's where Giuliani goes. That's where Hunter Biden goes. And, you know, Hunter was known for getting the VIP lounge on the third floor. So when a stripper was bending over to go pick up something, he went and bit her in the butt. There. I don't know what to say to that other than Gary Collins. What is your strangest job? And by the way, one second, I, Ben, I love how Remzo didn't say the nationality or the ethnicity of the, or the race, I should say. They were white. It out. Of the people, of the people that white. told. They're all white. No. They were white. You, 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 were, what do you, you did, you, Gary, yeah. would you have assumed the Acme people were white? That said I that would there? not have assumed they were white. Yes. This is why I said Baltimore, man. <laughs> yeah okay gary what's the strangest job you've had oh international squirrel assassin um <laughs> i i was actually a, a bouncer for strippers Ooh. uh ones Why that went house to house bachelor parties so in college it was a fun i'll tell you what it was the one of the best jobs i've ever had <laughs> so, i ain't gonna lie it was good they'd get you drunk because they wanted you loosey-goosey for free uh all i did was change out ones and money and make sure no one got too handsy and it was and i got a free peep show it was it was great i couldn't do any better than that you know you know it's funny ben as as we're thinking about this and we're talking about this uh you, you know college kids these days would be a poor you know would be what's the word i'm looking for would never do these jobs they'd be not good enough they're not good enough they're not good plus enough. plus they believe gary should be canceled Remzo, a woman should be, uh, you know, Remzo's doing uh, a job that shouldn't be done for, that he doesn't belong. And you, Ben, you should have, um, you know, you should have canceled that, that senator that you were speechwriting for. I liked him. He was my friend. And, and, and frankly, uh, he was a quite a good U.S. senator, although his career ended very abruptly because uh, he called for gun control. And in the state he was from, Gun control was poison. Well, I just want to say for the record that strippers are some of the best negotiators. You're not kidding. Oh, well. that, 
I just asked him why. Um, so my question also is, should I call the show tonight Fold Hyper Biden or the Jihadist Squad? The Jihad Squad. The Jihad Squad. Oh, you guys? Jihad, Jihad and Biden's diaper. Call it that. That should get us canceled off YouTube. Jihad and Biden's diaper. Jihad what? The Jihad, Jihad and Biden's diaper. diaper. Uh, you guys, uh, you guys. Uh, and on that note, I want to thank everybody for this fun and fruitful Saturday night. I've learned a lot about you. I like that I didn't have to share my strangest job. What was your, um, your strangest job? What was your strangest job? Um, I shoot it. I'm embarrassed. This, I mean, this is, I mean, I was, I was in rehab in Israel and this guy named Brad, and you never meet like normal Brads, but it's one of those names I've always noticed. You're a little kooky if you have the name Brad. Sorry for Brads that are listening. Um, but um, this guy said, do you want, I, he was, he was the, he was the janitor at at a, at a at a kindergarten for mentally challenged children, and I was drinking at this point. I wasn't. Re- I was, and he said to me, "Do you want to work for me? Do this job for a week and a half and clean up this facility at night?" No. And and uh, so I would go there at like one o'clock in the morning, or I went once or twice, and you know, it was a, a school for mentally challenged. You know, preschoolers. I'm afraid of where this is there. going. And I just oh. started mop. Like I, I was like, oh, I can't. It, it, I, I did. I told him I did it for a week, but I, I probably did it for four days. That was one of my. That and feeding a cat uh, was my first job, <laughs> and I, I just hated the smell of cat food. That was my first job, but uh, it was being the custodian at a mentally challenged preschool in Israel. Now you are going to get us canceled because there is nothing wrong with being mentally challenged. There was absolutely nothing wrong. They were great. They, they produced stuff in amazing places. And on that note, (laughs) um, you got to have some fun. You got to have some laughs. And on that note, um, I want to thank everybody that's been listening. Remzo, thank them and tell them where they can find us. Folks, go ahead and just search the world according to Ben Stein on Al Gore's amazing internet, YouTube, Rumble, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find the show in video or audio, it exists. Gary, where can people find? TheSimpleLifeNow.com That's simple. Remzo, you didn't tell people where they could find you in your amazing comic book series. Go ahead, subscribe to Second Print Comics every Wednesday at SecondPrintComics.com and of course, you can find Ben Stein, spectator.org, also Newsmax quite often. And we will be re-engaging with Parler. So Ben Stein at Parler, at Ben Stein on Parler. I want to thank everybody for joining us on this Saturday night. I want to thank everybody who's going to be listening to this podcast. we got to have a little fun with the seriousness because it's just life's too short to not have fun. And Ben Stein, can you please take us out on this fine Saturday night? Ben? Did we lose Ben? Oh, I thought he was just staring into the distance so yeah, stoically. He, he, Who he wants to sing us out? Now. We got to sing us out. Somebody sing us out. No. Okay, you know what? Someday on a Saturday night, I'll be I'll back on my feet. I'll be doing all right. It's Bon Jovi. Stop. Amen. Okay. Have a great night, everybody. Ben cut out. We will we will see you all on Tuesday night. Good night, everybody. Thank you.